0: Welcome to the Bruins Vendors Podcast, Episode 21, The Trade Deadline with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And now Smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS.
1: BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. That is BetUS.com for the promo code RINK and your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.
0: .com. If you had the under and whether and how many days it would take to trade <laughs> Jake DeBrusque, <laughs> Yeah, take take the over. Take way the over. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way over. over. Way, way uh, over. A big week for the Bruins. Of course, the trade deadline and the weekend review. Let's start with the games. March 16th at the Minnesota Wilds. A 4-2 to two loss. Losing uh, Patrice Bergeron was a tough situation to overcome. He has a, an infection, uh, had to uh, miss the game. It was a late sort of scratch from him. They battled hard to tie the game. Marchand gets one, and they, he really needed that. It's hard to be upset as the effort. Frederick answered the bell. He had a fight. Uh, he played well but they just didn't have enough in this one.
1: No, you know, no Bergeron. They go down 2 nothing in the first on goals by Kaprizov. They weren't playing great. They get one back by Smith. Then Marchand ties it. And then the Wilds score in the third. I thought Clifton was pretty bad in this one. And I thought McAvoy had a pretty rough first. He got beat on the on the second Kaprizov goal, but was really dominant after that. He was laying hits, jumping up in the play offensively, uh, very aggressive. He had like five or six shots on that. He was just everywhere. And I thought it was the best that McAvoy had looked in a few games, but it was kind of a little bit too late. But that was a positive and a hard-fought loss against the playoff team in the second night of a back-to-back, you know, without... Without Bergeron, so right. a little and,
0: bit. And I thought McAvoy played angry. He did after the after the after Kaprizov sort of you know beat him beat him right up the middle, right for a goal, and and he started to play angry. And I think he's getting a little bit irritated with the amount of hits he's taken. I think people are taking some liberties with him. Obviously, he's the top defenseman, so you know teams are going to target him a bit, and he he responds well to it. I I think March eighteenth at Winnipeg, a four to two win. Bruins play really well for two periods. And then the Jets get two goals in 85 seconds to tie it. And this has been something that's happened, you know, in the past for the Bruins cough up leads. It was a letdown we have seen before. Fortunate to get a delay of game penalty on Brendan Dillon's brain fart who just fires into the crowd. Uh, Greasy power play goal from Taylor Hall. They Finally get an empty netter, which was nice to see. We could finish off a game. Coyle probably gets away with a trip there. But McAvoy is able to ice it and they get the win.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a good win. I, I'm still troubled by the letdowns that always seem to end up in their net. Some nice power play goals um, by Hall, especially, you know, from his ass there. And the <laughs> Bruins finally get an empty netter. But they still overpass that. They still, like, yeah. McAvoy was touching it in front of the crease at the end. Like, right. fire it into the fucking open net. Like, don't right. get everyone on the, on the goddamn ice and assist. Ice the game. Make right. the game over. End the game. So, uh, yeah, I thought um, it was a nice, nice win. Uh, in a tough road building, it's always tough to play in Winnipeg. That's a The roof is really low. It can get really loud in there, especially after the Jets, you know, like you said, score a couple goals in short order and, and the place is jumping and, and the Bruins responded well to that and got a nice win on the road.
0: I remember back late late eighties, early nineties, where they would dress all in white. Like their 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 crowd really gets behind the whole thing. Yeah, like in Winnipeg. So you're right, that's a good win on the road. And yeah, trying to get double assists on the empty netter. I don't think we need to do that. Just just throw it in the net. March twenty first tonight at Montreal, a three to two win in overtime. Brad Marchand with two goals. Now has twenty seven on the season. Boy, the Bruins were sloppy for much of the game. Still managed to get 45, 46 shots on net, but sloppy throughout. Played down to the competition a little bit. I think. Trade deadline is a draining situation, I think, for teams. Mm-hmm. Especially the Bruins, where guys can be traded, even off the roster. There was a lot of talk. So I think that, that's still a little weary, I think. No Lindholm yet. Clifton scores the tight on a beautiful pass by Craig Smith. It was his first goal in 31 games. It was ugly, but the Bruins really needed to win.
1: It was. They were sloppy for most of the game. They did have some good moments, though. Swayman was very good, and so was clifton Um go on an assist marsh in with two including the, in, the game winner with an absolute beauty in ot on uh, off wow. a great pass from holla just fakes jake allen absolutely out of his jock and mm. and puts it into the open net he does. um so a real nice end to the road trip and it's and it's always nice to beat beat the habs especially it, in Montreal. it really especially is. in it montreal is.
0: You know, what? I was watching for the much of the game, I thought, boy, this doesn't seem like a Montreal game. Like, the crowd was, obviously, the team stinks. Right. And, the, and it must just be driving people nuts there. And it, they just weren't much into the game until Montreal, you know, scored to take the lead. Go, yeah, I mean, go, I short uh, shorthanded. Uh, the shorthanded, yeah. right. On a terrible power play to start the third there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that got the crowd into it. But for the most part, it just didn't seem like much of a, a Bruins have games. Not a lot of chippiness, not a lot of, it was just sort of a, a random road game you played during the season. But it was good to win, and the Bruins get two out of the three. All right, it is time for 7 Chirps, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to LopsBrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And Chirp number one, David Krejci, not returning this year. Do you think he is coming back next year for one last ride? Honestly, I do. I, I think so too. I think, I think he is going to come back. I think Bergeron's going to
1: sign for one more year. I think Krejci going to sign for one more year to give it one last kick at the can to see what they can accomplish. Hopefully by then they make a few other moves in the off season and within the draft to strengthen some of the holes that they didn't address at this deadline. And we'll get back to that probably in a little bit, but uh yeah, I, I think he is going to come back, and and you know it, it'll be it'll be nice to see because they definitely could use um, some help down the middle.
0: I I agree. And when they announced that he wasn't returning, there was really no mention of like forever or anything like that. Just say he's not coming back right now. Wants to spend more time with his family. But there was no, they didn't close the door on it. And I think that Krejci still has some hockey left, and I think he will come back. And has already said he'll only come back to the Bruins. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, would he have? Would he have to clear waivers again? I don't know, but I mean, even if he does, if he says, like, I'm not going to
1: play for anybody but the Bruins, right. They, right. I don't think teams are going to put claims in. Maybe they will right. to be, you know, to be jerks. Right. You know, I think that's kind of a one of those situations where...
0: Just uh, kind of let it happen. Yeah, you just kind of yeah. let it happen. Yeah, so I think I think you're right. I think Krejci and Bergeron won last Friday. and I think they'll make some moves in the off season because, as we'll talk about in a bit here, I don't I don't think it'll be a long playoff run. So I think you'll see them having a little bit of sense of urgency more so than they did today. Chirp number two. So Hampus Lindholm picked up in a trade. Your thoughts on the trade as a whole? Uh, I thought it was a great trade. I thought it was a great
1: trade. I mean, they didn't give up a whole lot. They give up Vaknin and they they get Anaheim to take more salary. I mean, they did give yeah. up uh, a first and and two seconds, I believe, in future years. But you know, one of those seconds was to take Moore's contract. Part of the thing that that bites me about the whole thing is they have them. They paid an extra second to take Moore's contract so they could clear more cap room to make another move at this deadline, and then they didn't fucking do anything else. Right. Why are you paying another second for more cap space if you're not going to use it? So that part of it bothered me. Like, don't give up just assets to give them up. Right. Like if you, if you, I mean, I I guess, you know, you need to have the space in order to be able to pull something off. But if that's the case, hold on to more and trade them to someone else, you know, for a pick to try to clear the room when you're closer to making a deal don't just right. do it and not have something in your back pocket that you can complete.
0: Right. And you could have done it because I think Vegas took more later. And it, it, the tr- the trade is up for dispute right now because there was some problems with a no trade list from 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 uh, da- Dad right from Anaheim, but yeah. so it's held up, but more is part of that deal. Yeah. going to Vegas. So you c- you can get rid of him. And I agree with you, there's a couple of things not great about the trade now that see it, it almost To me, you almost had to be ready to go with the next trade or something had to be in the pot ready to go in in order to do that. Because then you really know you need this cap space. So we need to do it to make this deal. Right. And they just assume they, they could. Mm-hmm. They just assume that if they have more cap space, they can do it, and that bit them in the ass. So you're right. Second second round draft pick is gone because you thought you need a little bit more cap space. Now you're holding your, you know, your schmenza, mm-hmm. and you've got six, you know, what are you, six million of cap space and nowhere to go right now. So that that was was irritating. Sharp number three, Lindholm's extension was it a fair deal? I I happen to think it was. I, I happen to think it's the going rate. The term is long. But there was, there was rumors that he was not going to sign for anything less than eight from Anaheim, and Anaheim wasn't offering that. So that's part of the reason why he was ready to go. Look, it, you know, over the course of time – you worry about year six, seven, eight later. I mean, let's, this, you need this guy. He's one of the best guys who was available, especially as defenseman. He was the best and, guy available. He was the best yeah. guy that moved as a defenseman. Right. So, I, so if Chickering doesn't move, Lindholm's the best. So yeah. you've got the best guy. Mm-hmm. And you're paying him six and a half, which, you know what, three or four years from now isn't as much as it is now. So it's a pretty good deal as it keeps going forward, I think. And you get a guy who played with McAvoy.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good trade. I mean, a, a good extension. I think it, it is the going rate. It's it's what you have to pay for a top four D-man, a top pair D-man. He's going to play a ton of minutes. He averaged over 22 minutes a game in Anaheim. He's been in the playoffs. He's a proven playoff guy. He was pretty good for them when they were in the playoffs a few years ago. You needed a left shot. He has a no-move move only for the first five years. So year six, seven, and eight of that deal, he does not have a mo- no move or a or mod- modified no move. So you'll be able to get out from under that if you need to at the end. So I really think it's a pretty good extension overall. Sweeney's usually, I mean, this is one of the areas where he's usually pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's locking up his own guys to reasonable term and, and reasonable money. So I think that's a pretty good move going forward. You know, your top four D-men, now are pretty set with Swayman, Pasternak too and and Hall, so you and Marshan. So you have some
0: pieces to build around, you know, in the next few years. And I agree. And and I think that Sweeney has been good with extensions, re signing guys to extensions, keeping them fairly uh, you know, good fair deals that help the team. And I think the other strength he had was, until tonight, was trade deadline deals because he had Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar for essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. Last year, he had Mike Riley for a third. He had, he had Charlie Coyle and, and Marcus Johansson, you know, which are, he won those trades. I mean, he's, I would even argue he won the Rick Nash trade if if, if Nash stayed healthy. I mean, he's he's won quite a few Trade deadline deals, and he's he's been okay with that in, in, until tonight, which uh, which wasn't great uh, to end the the deadline. All right, chirp number four. Josh Brown uh, is uh, they trade for Josh Brown, Ottawa Senators right shot D, six five two twenty, big guy, physical. Uh, they get also get a conditional seventh round pick, and they trade Zach Sanishin in a fifth rounder. To Ottawa. What are your thoughts on this trade? I don't have any problems with the trade. They needed a depth guy. I think he could
1: probably step in and replace Connor Clifton. And people are probably gonna say, especially after the game that Clifton had tonight, Why are you gonna take Clifton out of the lineup? He's you know, but it's it's Cliffy hockey, folks. I'm paying attention. If, if you are right. paying attention, we we went through it in the in the week in review. One of those games I said he wasn't very good and then there was another one that wasn't very good and then he had a good one. So what happens is, so he had his good one. So the next three or four folks are going to be bad. Mm-hmm. So this, this this is where it's good to have another guy that you can plug in there that's physical, that can penalty kill, that will stand up for your guys, that will be a fighter, that will, you know, take care of people taking liberties with your players. There's another guy on the team now besides Frederick and Felino who will do that for you. So I think it's a good ad. Sinitian, look, he was, he was never going to be an NHL guy on this team. He, he asked for a trade. He wanted out. He's going to go up to Ottawa and he's going to score goals because that team He's going to get ice time. They're not in anything. There's no pressure on him. He's going to go up there and he's going to play pretty well. And you're going to be like, oh, we gave up Sanisha. he's going to score 30 for a guy who's a bottom pair D man. Like why, why isn't he playing right now on the top line? Well, you have Jake DeBrus there, folks, because (laughs) Sweeney didn't trade him. There you go.
0: Well, the problem with Sinition is he has to be a top six guy. He's not built to be a bottom six guy, so there's no room there, and there hasn't been room because they've they've been pretty good. This is a you know Bruins fans newsflash. Just a pretty good team, you know, and it has been a pretty good team with star players up up in the top two lines like you know who are you going to play him for with or Hall or Bergeron or Marshall? I mean they have they have really good players up there and Debrusca's proven he scored 27 goals in the league Saxonishian played 14 games and scored a goal I mean he's just not an, he's not an NHL player on this team like you said he might be on a bad team he might be frank for Toronto but no one, I don't give a rip about Frank Fertrano. I don't miss him. You know, the Rangers get him. He's not going to play any defense. He's going to score a goal every once in a while. i think, oh, wow, well, he has a nice shot. Yeah, great. But you lost six to two because he can't guard anybody. So that's, I'm fine with Sennish going. And, and he's a malcontent. He didn't want to be here. He was a dead end. So just, you know, if you can get anything for him, and they did. They got the guy that, and they may be able to resign a Josh Brown for short money. Yeah. You know, for next year. And I, and I'm with you on this. You know, my thought is, you know, going forward. Riley, I thought, played pretty well tonight. He was really skating, carrying the puck. I thought he played a pretty good game. But if it's Riley and Brown or if it's Forbort and Brown, next year, at the end of the year, in the offseason, you might be able to move on from a Riley. And get something in return. Because you have Forbert and Brown and you have Clifton as your seventh guy, which we've been saying from the get-go, he's a seventh defenseman who you ride him while he's hot and you sit his ass down when he's playing Cliffy hockey. Yeah. And
1: and yeah, the, the other yeah. thing the other thing about that, about Sinishan, I mean, he might end up being like a Ryan Donato type of guy when the right. when they made the coil trade. Donato started off with Minnesota. He was gangbusters. He had, you know, five or six, seven points in like his first two or three games. And everybody's like, Holy shit, we gave up too early on Ryan. Ryan Donato. Well, now he's on like his 12th team or whatever the fuck right, it is. Right, right, he was right. playing fourth nine minutes with somebody. I think, was he on the Kraken now? In the they, yeah, somebody, the they the left now, him yeah. unprotected in the expansion draft. So yeah. let's settle down about how Sanitian does early in his career up there and see if he mm-hmm. could actually sustain it. Because that was part of the problem when he came up here. Even when he was in Providence, that he couldn't sustain it. He would have, you know, a few games that were pretty good. And then, you know, he'd disappear for 10 or twelve. Sounds,
0: sounds like somebody else who's on the top line right now. <laughs> and you know what? It sounded like the the, the draft, the, you know, all the draft scouting reports on Zach edition <laughs> sounded just like that. Like, that's why you don't draft him in the first round 15th overall. Yeah. Like, you just don't do it. So that's, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, if you can get anything from him, I think it's great. Number five, Jake DeBrus does re-sign two years, $8 million. Then he's not moved. Where do you go from here with Jake? I'm not sure because they should have moved him. Like I,
1: I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. The guy did not want to be here. He's playing his off wing. He's not great on his off wing, even on the top line, even playing with Bergeron and and Marchand. He. He's not great on his off wing. Like he'll go through stretches where he's just not good. And him trying to pick the puck off the ball in the playoffs on his off wing is a recipe for disaster. It just is. Mm-hmm. So they should have moved on from him. If you could have gotten Raquel, not gotten swooped by by the Penguins in, and gotten Raquel, you should have done that. And you should have included Debrask. If they didn't want him, if the if uh, Anaheim didn't want him, then you trade him somewhere else, give him away for a lower pick and spend the money on someone else in the offseason.
0: Yeah, I, yes. And here's the problem with the whole DeBrus the thing is, is that he tends to disappear, playoffs come. Tonight I thought he played pretty well. Like he was skating hard and he was getting some chances and, you know, he looked decent out there. I mean, he was fine. But there are times when he, I, I'm just afraid of his motivation level and just his desire. Now, I think the team has done a really good job and it speaks to the leadership of the team what they haven't given up on the guy. I mean, they support him 100% mm-hmm. and that's, that's really helped. Because he is, you know, he, he looked like pretty engaged tonight. But again, if things go south and he's not so engaged, now what do you do? Now do you bring him down the third or fourth line? Who plays right wing on the top line?
1: Well, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting because during the Nesson trade, trade deadline special today, Brick actually asked Billy Jaffe that very question. What do you do if Jake DeBrusque struggles on the top line? Right. And Jaffe did not have an answer. So that's right. not very good. No. So w- I, what I happened? He was like, <laughs> so Brick was like, what do you put Stadnika there? And, and he's like, eh. so there's not a lot of options for that oh. position if DeBrus struggles. So that's a lot of pressure a lot of eggs a lot of whatever on
0: DeBrusque he has to produce in that spot he has to or the or the Bruins are out early they are I see what Sweeney's saying as well you know he's on the top line and he wants to play hockey and he wants to increase his value and it's a win-win for him if he plays well I get that but if he doesn't you're putting Craig Smith there because there's nobody else. I mean you're putting Craig Smith there and you're breaking up Smith and Coyle, who have been so good together, and then you're putting Debrusque where? You're putting him brusk on the on the left wing of Coyle's line. And then what do you put? Fre- Frederick on the right side? I mean, I don't it's it really sets you up for failure. You know, Pittsburgh gets Pittsburgh sends uh Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simon, a goaltender, and a two thousand twenty two second round pick. Like the Bruins can't Bruins can't match something like that. You can't tell me
1: that. DeBrusk Stannica and a second couldn't oh, have
0: or, or like K- Kaiser or so, you know, some goalie yeah. if they want a goalie in a second round but you can't tell me they would they can't take that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I I mean somebody pointed out out to me tonight saying, "Well, maybe they liked Pittsburgh's prospects better." And that and that could very well could be, be the yeah. case yeah. that they liked Pittsburgh's package better. Obviously, they did because they took the deal from Pittsburgh. But that also points to Sweeney's inability to draft if you don't have the
0: pieces to make that move, whose fault is that? It's your own fucking yeah. fault. Yeah, it's your I, own I, damn fault. I, I, well, I don't know how you can like Zach Aston Reese, 27 years old, two goals this year. I mean, that's, you know, Jake Zabruska is 15. You know, I don't, I don't know how you like Dominic Simon is 27 years old. Three goals. You couldn't take <laughs> Aust- Oscar Steen or, or Anton Bleed. Yeah. Like
1: those guys can't help you. You could have given them younger guys. So those are two right. 27-year-old guys who don't score. Jesper yeah. Froden. They have guys that are Jags that they could have given them. That
0: I don't See know. Cam Hughes. Cam Hughes does what Ashton Reese does. Like it's just I don't. I that's not two twenty-seven year old guys who call, who don't can't score. Okay. To me, I don't. I don't know what happened there. I mean, maybe. maybe they didn't want to Bruskin is four million. I maybe. Maybe they. And maybe it's because they didn't have
1: the second to give them because of the Lindholm trade. Maybe. But you give them a you know a couple of thirds. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I don't know. I I, I. I feel like the Bruins could have could have and should have beat that package from the Penguins and came away with a player that they could have plugged in on the top line right wing. That was a that was legitimately a right wing that would have fit better in that spot.
0: I mean, Jordan Eberle couldn't be had. He's on Seattle, like, rotting away. Like, they, they suck. I know. Like, they really want to keep Jordan Eberle. You couldn't have done that. Like, you couldn't, you know, Ryan Getzloff, you, you couldn't have done somebody who could put up on the top line and, and then trade DeBrusque for something else or whatever. But it's, it's to me, it just didn't seem like, I think Sweeney just wants more for DeBrusque and is praying that he gets more. And I just don't think the value's there. I've said that for three weeks on this podcast. Like, yeah. it's not what you think it is. Right. And he's still, like, holding out hope he's gonna get something big for the brusque it's just not happening dude. Number six, Fabian lysel is eligible to join AHL or an NHL team after his season ends. Is he really an option? I mean they're making it sound like he is. Doesn't
1: it? Like they're making it sound like he is. And somebody pointed out that Cole Caulfield came up the end of his season uh-huh. uh last year and scored, right. you know, nine of ten oh. goals and he's like five seven one sixty five yeah. Lysel's 5'10 or 5'11 and, you know, 175 or something. Right. So he's right. so he's a little bigger, a little, little stronger, maybe. But to me, you can't ask a, a kid to step out of junior into the NHL playoffs and play top-line minutes against the best defenseman in the world. You right. just can't do it. I mean, you're asking him to play against, you know, Victor Hedman and Aaron Ekblad. Like, are you serious? Put him in the AHL. Let him play the rest of Providence's season. Let him play playoffs in Providence. Have him have an offseason where he works out, where he gets stronger. Puts on another 10, 12, 15 pounds. Comes to training camp and he tries to win a job then. And if not, he goes down to Providence. Hopefully, he dominates, and then you bring him up. You know, sometime during the season next year. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think you can you can have him come to the Bruins for the stretch run and ask him to play top line minutes. It just it's just a recipe for disaster, I think.
0: I think so too. And I don't know what type of defender he is, or you know, if he plays in all three zones and two hundred feet and all that. I don't, I don't know enough about him. But I do know he's pretty dynamic offensively. But again, doesn't have great size. You're throwing him in from the Vancouver Giants into you know a game against you know a series against the Tampa Bay Lightning or whatever. It's just, it's just you just put him in a bad spot. And again, he has to play top line because he's, you're not going to throw him on the fourth line. Like It doesn't do him any good. doesn't do you any good. Uh, that's not the role he would have. By all means, next year, you want to roll the dice and, and put him on the roster and put him on the top line to start the year and, and trade to Brusque and save some money there? Fine. You know, give it a shot. and Give it, give it, give it a go for 10 games. See if he can do it. But right now, uh, that's not an option. And I, I can't believe anyone even considered that, to be honest. All right, and chirp number seven, Don Sweetie doesn't get a top six forward he seemed to kill all of the momentum that they had from Saturday and the Lindholm trade. Your thoughts. Yeah, I, I,
1: I was disappointed. I, I, I tweeted this out from the Benders account. I was happy. Very, very happy with the Lindholm trade. Like at that point, he's so far, he's had a really good deadline. And mm-hmm. if he gets a top six, like if he got Kessel or Ebele or Raquel, you know, I'm giving the guy like a solid A, possibly better than that. Like you couldn't have asked him to do any more unless yeah. he had gotten like Lindholm, Kopp and Raquel or Kessel. Like that's the only way he possibly could have done better. You get a, a center for the future. You get your top six right wing and you get the top defenseman on the, on the market. He was knocking it out of the park and then he does not get any offensive help? Nothing. None. None. The Bruins, are sixth, the Bruins are 16th in the league in goals scored. No. 16th. They are one of the worst shooting teams in the NHL. Their shooting percentage is 29th out of 32. You need more depth down the lineup. You need more guys that can score goals. And if the is going to disappear and go through stretches where he disappears... I just feel like you needed to add more. Like why not get better? Like the 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 more people you have, the the more depth you have, the more guys that can score goals, the better chance you have, the better off you'll be. The more guys that can put the puck in the net, the better off you'll be. And and the, and the other thing is Tampa added Florida a wagon added Giroux. Tampa re- rebuilt their their third line. So their third line's going to be able to match up with your third line now. You right. thought you may have had an advantage there? Not anymore. No. You don't have one anymore. No. Because they got Hegel, So they picked yeah. up two guys, and they had one there already. That's going right. to be their third line. They're going to be able to match up with Coyle Smith and, and Frederick. So those teams improved, and you didn't add anything there, and they're already better than you. Nick Paul. Nick Paul. Nick Paul. Center, right. So, yeah. yeah. So they've added, and you didn't, and they were already better. Right. The Lindholm ad makes it so that your defense can compete with their defense, with those right. defenses. Sure. Now you're kind of even there. But then they added... To their to their third line, they've already had a top six. Both of those teams already have top sixes that are equal to or better than your top sixes. They they stayed
0: in front of you. They stayed ahead of they you. Did. What happened when you played the last time in a the series? Their third line killed you. Now they rebuilt the third line again. Right. And they're going to kill you again. You know that's you know, they just they had to get a guy in that right wing top line because if Debrust disappears for three or four games, you're out you're gone. The season's over. Like you can't just stick with them for two weeks and see if he comes back out of it. To me, you had to get offense. You know, you needed defensive depth, and I was really happy about Linholm as a top four D. You were right there. Defensive depth, you got a physical guy in brown, like I was right there. And I'm like, okay, Raquel, Garland, mm-hmm. somebody. I didn't love Max Domi, no. you can have him. But those types of guys, cop, whatever. One of those guys, and I was with you, like, A, killed it, here we go. They're really aggressive, they're in it, they're in it to win picks the team up, the whole thing. And then they don't pull the trigger when they have all these assets that they left. The very reason why the Lindholm trade is so good is because they not only gained a little bit of cap space, but they kept all those prospects. And they still don't trade Brent Harrison and and DeBrusque and whatever, mm-hmm. trade Stanika. trade yep. them all to get somebody to help you win the cup. So now the
1: deadline. I still, you know, just because of the Lindholm trade alone, I think you have to go above average. So to me, they're still they're probably in like a B because you signed them to an extension too. They're probably in the B range, B, you know, maybe B minus uh, yeah, in there. In that range. They're, like, minus, a, they're yeah. like a they're like a eighty four, right. you know, like right. a, 83 and a half. Right. B B minus in there, and they could have knocked it out of the park. Like if you would come away with cop or raquel or somehow both right, right
0: a plus a plus i mean i what's wrong with Lindholm, Getzlaff, gets left raquel
1: yeah like, i mean but those three guys yeah <laughs> but, i mean gets left left didn't move and connor guyland didn't move so if those guys didn't move then you can't blame them because they didn't go right. to someone else but like the raquels and the and kessel didn't move which i was shocked as hell yeah, about I was shocked but he's uh, had an infant
0: baby i bet he didn't want to go across probably Probably to to the East Coast. Probably didn't didn't want to uproot the family (laughs) because that was such a slam dunk. And people are all over Kessel. You know, don't get Kessel. They hate him. Whatever. But Kessel would have helped on the top line. Absolutely would have helped till the day I die. Yes. All right. So time for the whipping boys segment. All right, Trent Frederick, he's been more up and down lately. And again, I feel like he's teetering. I feel like he's teetering. Tonight, he lost Savard. On a give and go play, Sabard mm-hmm. scores, got lost in the slot, a little less, you know, chances and a little less notice- noticeable in the offensive zone. Smith and Coyle are great. And they and, and I and I am of the belief that those two make that line go. And Frederick's been kind of along for the ride and done well in his role, but he, he's not it's not necessary to keep him there to continue their good play. I mean that could their good play is driven by Coyle and Smith. You know, I would have loved to get a second-line center and, like, Eric Haller on the left wing on the third line. And I think that's – now you're cooking with gas.
1: Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you there. My whipping boy is Connor Clifton, and he had a goal and an assist tonight <laughs> against Montreal. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, that was the least excitable goal and assist I've ever Yeah, heard so, I, say.
1: I mean uh, – Enough to get him on the good side, so yeah. he's on he's on my good side for the moment. I did, I did tweet out today, and it got a decent amount of likes. That was Connor Clifton's <laughs> first goal since May but <laughs> it was 31 games. There you yeah, go. It was 31 yeah. games without a goal, but uh, mm-hmm. his second of the year, so he's chipping in, chipping yeah. in, folks. Uh, I'll
0: tell you I, what, decent play to to kind of kick it to a stick and score, yeah. You know, Smith made a great pass across. Big goal. Huge goal. Huge goal. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it really was. And he lose that game, and then then the trade deadline stuff, which Sweeney's getting killed for, you know, you're not in a good way. No, I
1: mean, if you want to go stars of the game, it's probably, you know, Marchand, Clifton, Swayman, in that order probably, yeah. even though Marshan had a couple of horrific giveaways Man. in that game. But, uh, you know, still scored two, so you take the good with the bad, I guess, with, with Marshy. But Cliffy, you know, two points, and Swayman was excellent, so that's probably what you're looking at stars of the game-wise. You know, Clifton's got to be on the good side today anyway, I guess.
0: Well, when you pick up a guy like Josh Brown, that probably sends Connor Clifton a message, like uh-oh. It, like it certainly does. play this physical dude in the third pair for ten minutes a game instead of me. Maybe that wakes him up a little bit, but again, I'd like to see him sustain it with some consistency, and I don't don't think he can do that. All right, beauties and benders time. This is when we can do that. Three beauties, three great performers of the week, and three benders. Three not so good. So the beauties, number three for me, Mike Riley. You know, I thought Riley carried the puck well today. He's skating extremely well tonight. You know, he was kind of a threat, gaining the offensive zone, rushing the puck like we saw him do when he was first acquired last year. Mm -hmm. We said, oh boy, this is the guy we need. Like, And then it sort of teetered, but he has been playing better the last 25 games or so and tonight I thought he was really good all right number two is Curtis Lazar I think Lazar is just a an unsung kind of hero type of player for them he's he's dependable. He's gritty. He forechecks. You know, he had some chances tonight. He did. I was robbed on one of them. Lazar was a good pickup and an underrated pickup in the trade that had done last year with Hall. That's a great trade. Mm. Hall Lazar for Anders Bjork. I don't make sure he's in the league anymore. And <laughs> a second round pick that is amounted to zero. Wow. Like, that's a really good trade. It really was. And you extended Hall. You extended oh. Hall. And, and then number one, Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks had a great day, had a great trade deadline. He was tweeting out his uh, his breaking news and his little selfie videos. Yeah, from all and, different spots, uh, all different places. Great, he had great information. He's a, he's a great follow, and he
1: he was uh, he was top notch. Yeah, I love Weeksy. He, Weeksy he killed it as usual, which he does. Gives out great information. He is a great mm-hmm. follow at Kevin yes. Weeks on uh, on Twitter. We need to get him on the pod. Yeah, we do. He's he's yeah. definitely a bucket list guy for me to have on. No doubt. So my my beauties start with number three. I had Meg, who is at Craig Smith on Twitter, and she tweeted about Connor Clifton. Keep slandering him. Maybe he has a degradation kink, <laughs> <laughs> which is an great. A plus tweet. I told her that she had won the internet, uh, which she enjoyed, oh. uh, and just just a phenomenal, phenomenal tweet. That's great. So speaking of Connor Clifton, my number two beauty. Is Mr. Connor Clifton, wow. who uh, yeah, goal and assist tonight, wouldn't have won the game without him. So uh, yeah, he makes it into the good graces of the Bruins Benders podcast tonight. So uh, he was number two, and then number one, I have Jack Edwards. <laughs> I have Jack Edwards. <laughs> Jack said at the end of the game, the Bruins climax their trip. Wow. That is sexual.
0: <laughs> that is sexual. <laughs> you know, and that and that's not the first time he's been sexual. He does a lot of, you know, he does a lot of sort of sexual terms and they're under the radar. Like, you kind of have to passive-aggressively listen for Yeah, him. like
1: pounding it, very pounded it in. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, Jack bringing the heat tonight uh, in Montreal with the, with the climax at the end, yeah. uh, which is, I guess, what you want. You want the climax to be at the end.
0: Do you feel like Jack is... Is getting worse in the most wonderful way. I do. I just feel like he's just—he's getting worse at his job, but it's—it's it's almost. Better to listen to. It, like he one, just says the most outlandish things. One hundred percent. He can't even follow the play. Like sometimes he's just all over the place, and I mean, no part, part of it's because road, he's so. watching the
1: game from a closet with no lights on. Right,
0: right. he absolutely <laughs> is. He has his shirt off. Absolutely.
1: Well, I mean, Nestle didn't pay for him to go on the road until uh, you know last week,
0: right? And so they weren't, they weren't, they weren't on the road. No, tonight. they weren't. No, so because it's Canada. So he again delayed on everything, and he just, and sometimes I think he he's just like. Screwed it. I can't follow everything because yeah. I can't see everything. Right. So I'm just gonna pontificate and it's funny as hell. It sometimes. is, it's
1: fantastic. I think he's yeah, I think is. he is. I think he's getting better. He's getting a little weird, which I love.
0: Yeah, and now it's time for the benders. My number three bender, we hardly knew you, Zach an issue. Peace. You're a Neo-Maxi-Zoom dweebie. 2015 first-round pick, seven years ago. Wow, seven years ago. It's a long time. Zach had uh, 14 games in seven years, and uh, it is off to Ottawa to score, you know, three goals in the first week and then uh, right off into the sunset. So Zach addition is my third bender. Bender number two, Bruins Power Play. Face you're a Neo-Maxi-Zoom dweeby. Well, the power play sucked in a lot of different ways. There were a few times where they did okay, but it all climaxed, as Jack would say, in the beginning of the third period when they let Armia just go in and score a 2-on-0. It was a 2-on-0. On on yeah. 2-on-0. I mean, there's only four guys on the ice, and two on zero. So that was a uh, power play without Bergeron, and I, I hate to use that excuse because it's not just because Bergeron wasn't there, but uh, their power play struggled at times tonight. And then number one, Jack Stanika, base. You're a Neo-Maxi-Zoom dweeby. Folks, all you guys who love the prospects, you know, there's some, you know, podcasters out there and, and the Bruins fandom who thinks something miraculous is going to happen with Jack Stanika. I saw it tonight. It's not ever, ever happening. So Jack Stenica is not a second-line center, not a first-line center, and he's not a third or fourth-line center. So it's time in the offseason. He's an RFA, so I don't know what happens there. It might be the old Zach Zadnika one-year, one million deal. Prove it to me. But Jack Stanica is not going to be what we all want him to be.
1: No, unfortunately, he's not. So my three benders, we will start with number three. And I have Don Sweeney.
0: Basic. You're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby.
1: I said it before. I love the love the Lindholm trade. Love the extension. But he's number three. He would have been higher up on the uh, on the Benders list if he had not got the Lindholm trade done. But because he did that, he's at number three instead of number one. No offensive help. That's why you're on the list. Uh, Number two, I have sloppy seconds.
0: Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoomed (laughs) weebie.
1: If Jack's going to get sexual, so am I. (laughs) And the the Bruins just love to have sloppy second periods. And now it's starting to go (laughs) into the third period as well, where they just, they have these moments where they lose focus for like four or five minutes, and the other team scores a few goals. Goals. And it's happened not just once this year. It's not like, you know, it's happening once in a great while. Not like once every 30 games. They've had second period problems all year. And now they're having problems where it's a five minute stretch of a period. But they'll give up like two or three goals in five minutes. Right. They really have to figure that out. The focus needs to be much better. Yeah. Sloppy seconds. Number two. And number one, I have the Bruins power play also.
0: Face you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby.
1: You can see the laxadaisicalness of them on the power play. You could see it. Like they just half-ass it into the zone. They make behind the back. Hope plays. They don't value the puck. It's terrible. And then late in the third, after they'd given up the shorthanded goal already, they get a power play with a chance to tie. And they're zipping the fucking puck around, had a ton of chances. Montreal was lucky they didn't score on that power play. Like, it was, it was really good, generated momentum. Like, they had momentum going for the rest of the game. And it's just, it's the focus and the attention to details on the power play. Like, why can't you do that all the time? You don't have mm-hmm. to be excellent every time. Like, that, the last power play was excellent. You don't have to be excellent. Just don't be fucking sloppy. Don't be right. lackadaisical. Like, have mm-hmm. a certain amount of crispness and focus mm-hmm. to just make plays and not give the puck to the other team. Don't give up 2-1-0s. Don't give up
0: short-handed oh, goals. Course. They've yeah. given up five of goals. Ridiculous. Oh, Jesus Christ. It yeah. just I mean, that's too much. And You know, how much of it, and I know you're a Charlie Mack guy, so I don't want to offend anybody. How much of it is lacking a power play quarterback? There is a certain part of that. I think he's
1: not great with zone entries. That's something that he can certainly work on. They have other people do it most of the time. Mike Pasternak doesn't, he's not very good at it. Well, that's what I was (laughs) going to say. It's not really just McAvoy. Pasternak is not good at it. He does it, but he'll make like terrible puck decisions after he Mm. gets it into the zone. Like he'll get it into the zone and then he'll back and pass it to nobody or banging around the boards and there's nobody there. And it goes all the way around and out. They just don't make great decisions with the puck when they should. And and that's not all, on McAvoy. But I mean, he is a part of it. Like he right. he he does have to make some smarter play. Like he they had one today where he actually stick into to the zone. He kind of beat the guy, and then he was going to go take a backhand. The guy gets a stick on it, and it's kind of a weak ass thing. They get it and clear. Well, mm-hmm. you got to be a little stronger on the puck in that situation. Right. Like you you got all the way into the zone instead of trying to beat the guy one on one. You know, pull up in the left wing boards and and start the power play. Like you got right. the entry. You did it congratulations you
0: succeeded yeah, they seem to do that some like they they gain the line and then they try to make like the hero play right away you got yeah. it in like right. set it up now your right. power play is good enough so
1: when you get it in and set it up you'll score goals right. you don't have to make a highlight reel just right. work it around and so my my thing is is i think cassie should start now playing the second unit more like, right. just be like, look, guys, until you start valuing the fucking puck, you're not going to get as much ice time on the power play. Right. Like, he started the power play that they were really good on. He started the second unit on the power play. That that unit right. came out first. And then they brought the top guys out and they zipped it around. Right? Coincidence? I don't think so. Oh, it was I like, hey, yeah. smarten the fuck up. And right. then they did. But that needs to happen more often, especially yeah. if you...
0: Giving up short a goals. I'd rather dump it, like dump it in and have Coyle possess it and win it in the corner and flip it out to the point. And I wonder how much of that is McAvoy not having a ton of power play time till this year and still trying to figure that out. I, you know, I think he does sort of give way to Parsonak and Martian because they'll make the plays. But again, I don't think they're great at gaining the line, possessing it, and setting it up. They're playmakers. They want to make this dazzling play, and sometimes it bites them. It does. Um, it does. All right, top seven, Bruins Benders Podcast, Power Rankings, number seven, back in the top seven. Calgary, six, two, and two in their last 10. Uh, Number six, Tampa Bay drops to, you know, they're five and five in their last 10, Tampa, but they have made some additions. So that may jumpstart them. Number five, Pittsburgh is back in, seven, two, and one in their last 10, and climbing, of course, getting Raquel now. So that's a that's a big get for them. Uh, Number four, the Rangers, they they move up two spots, They're seven and three in their last 10 and pretty good. And I said this before, and they they acquired four guys at the deadline and they're a sneaky good team. They're a sleeper.
1: They are because the goal the goaltending alone makes them makes them a really, really tough out. And if they can get any kind of five on five scoring, they're going to be tough to handle.
0: Yeah, very no, tough no, no, to about it. Number three, Carolina drops a spot. They've lost four in a row. Uh, number two, Florida, they gained a spot. They're at ninety points, and the Avalanche remain at number one with ninety-three points.
1: Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty so good. the Bruins drop out because they yeah because they lost the other day. Yeah, just suckers. <laughs> <laughs> so, the bottom three yeah, of the Bruins Benders podcast power yeah. <laughs> less rankings. Uh, number 30, the Anaheim Ducks have lost six in a row. They've sold everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Disney doesn't want to be associated with them anymore. It's just bad things right. happening all around.
0: Too hot to play hockey. <laughs> yeah. How long
1: did guts laugh, though? pricks
0: held on for dear life
1: 31 the seattle supersonics (laughs) (laughs) cracking three five and two in their last 10 Uh, they are major sellers as well but they won't sell jordan everly to the bruins so fuck them too And then coming in last, yo, Montreal Canadiens. Our number 32, they lost tonight to the Bruins. They are trying to lose on purpose so they can get uh, the number one pick in the draft and uh, be good again. They have played well, played tougher, played more close games under Marty St. Louis. So they seem to be heading in the right direction, which kind of pisses me off a little bit. But uh, yeah, they did lose and they still are last and will remain there.
0: So the draft, I've I've heard I guess different things. The draft isn't extra strong,
1: right? This year's draft is not deep, but I think the top of the draft is pretty good. Okay. Next year's draft, is, I believe, is deeper overall, right? But maybe not as top heavy. Right. If Shane Wright is is in, I think he's in this year's draft. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but okay. he's uh, he's a stud, absolute right. stud,
0: right? So the Bruins picking, you know, late mid to late 20s are probably not getting heck a lot. They sent the pick. That I don't mind. All right, week ahead for the Bruins, March 24th, a big one with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Bruins are one point behind the Lightning. Lightning has two games in hand, but the Bruins is one point behind for second. And tied with Maple Leafs for third. March 26th versus the Islanders at home. And then March 29th versus the Maple Leafs, so the Lightning and Maple Leafs this coming week. Two big ones at home. Real chance right here. If you're thinking of getting a second spot, Real chance right here. Yeah, some
1: huge, huge games uh, for the Bruins this week. By all accounts, Lindholm will be in for that Tampa game. So Mm -hmm. uh, that'll be good. I haven't heard anything about Josh Brown and and what his status is. I guess we'll see uh, when the Mm -hmm. time comes on that one. But Lindholm should be good to go for that March 24th game against Tampa. And they will certainly need him because Tampa is, uh, is really
0: good. They are really good, and it's a chance for the for the Bruins, who they they could get to second place in the uh, in the division. All right, so now we've had two polls this week on Twitter. We have polls every week, and two of them this time. First poll: Now that the Bruins have acquired Hampus Lindholm, what do you think of the deal? And the choices were Bruins won the trade, Bruins lost the trade, or to be determined. Bruins won the trade had fifty-four percent, hundred twenty-two votes. Bruins lost the trade had nine percent, and then to be determined thirty-seven percent. I guess I'm not sure what you're trying to determine.
1: The only thing that I could say with the to be determined is maybe you know you sign a guy to a long-term extension, he's never played a, a second for your team. So you have to wait right. so you have to wait and, and see. To see how that how that all goes but i mean they won the trade my, my, yeah. my
0: good My good i mean they got a top four d-man who you you probably aren't going to get in any of those draft picks that you sent right i mean you sent a late first round and two late second rounds That's yeah i mean way. you were you're able to no. hang on to
1: Loray. so you know you extrapolate that out you have lindholm mcavoy carlo Grizzlick, and then you have whomever and possibly mm-hmm. you know, Low on your third pair, you know, in yeah. a year or two. Now you're really cooking with gas. If you have Lint you know on the cheap. Right. Exactly. So. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe Low ride turns into a, a top two and then you're you're in real yeah. good shape there.
0: Does Low right play the left side? I think he's a Wow, think he's a, I think he's a right shot. I think I he has a right shot. Side he plays. Yeah. I think he might be a right um, D. But you could, you know, maybe you make like Brandon Carlo expendable if all right comes up. Uh, all right. In the second poll, what grade do you give Don Sweeney for his trade deadline deals or lack thereof? A, B, C, or fire him. <laughs> 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 a had 2%. Give him an A, 2%. Like you said, you would have given him an A. I would have. He came up with a top six forward. Yep. Give me an A, mm-hmm. uh, B, forty-four percent. Yeah, so they're they're with us. That's they had what we think. Forty votes. B had forty-four okay. percent. C was twenty-nine percent, and fire him twenty-five percent.
1: So I think those people are they hate Sweeney. Yeah, they do. Well, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean the fire him people hate Sweeney. Obviously, even the C people. You can't say that's a C deadline acquiring a top four. Basically for your obvious. team, a top, for your team, a top two, top a top, top two left shot D and without giving up any of your top prospects, right? You have to, and you signed them long-term for that alone. Like I said, right. you got to give them a, you got to give them a B-ish, right? And you, you have to
0: basically Josh Brown, a, a depth offenseman right. for free. Yeah, because you get, you know, you got submission in a fifth rounder. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's nothing. So there's a contingent out there who hates Sweeney. They just think he's awful. He's not awful. I mean, if you look at the extensions he's had in the past, if you look at some of the trade deadline deals he's had, you know, if you look at, you know, sort of the broad scope, yeah, drafting, not very good. But this narrative of another trade deadline, I've heard this a few times today, another trade deadline that he failed. Well, last year he killed a freaking trade deadline. Like he, like he won all those trades and got a top player in Taylor Hall and extended him. He gets a top player again in Lindholm and extends him. What do you want? If he, he's not terrible, but he's, uh, you know, this is a real, this is a big one because if they lose in the first round, you'll hear more of it. From the from the you know from the fans, and then there'll be a big off season for them, and now they don't have a first round pick, so the draft isn't there's not a lot of drafting that's going to help. So now you have to make some real decisions. Your defensive core makes like three million and above; mm-hmm. like they make a lot of money. So you, you have to have like a low ride. You have to have like a minimum guy, Zaboral and Roll in low rye. You have to because you're paying nine nine and change, six and change, four, three and a half. It's just too many. Too many guys making more than three million a year on the defensive core alone. So we'll have to see what happens in the in the offseason. But you know, if they go out with a whimper in the first round, it's gonna hear more about it. All right, rate and review this great podcast for charity dollar goes to the Bruins foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. We do not want you to donate to our Patreon. <laughs> no, we don't because we don't have one. We don't. And we would never have one. We would never have you pay for this great content at all. Go to inside for Bruins benders merchandise. Pay for that though. Yeah. Give us all your money for that stuff. Uh, hoodies and t-shirts Uh, and go to InsideTheRink.com for great articles, news and analysis, other great podcasts. We've had a couple of the podcasts on because we've won both bets we've had. We're on a roll. And this will do it for Episode 21, the trade deadline. We'll see how Hampus Lindholm does this coming week and talk about it next week on the Bruins Brenders podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.